Hi, welcome to episode 533 of the Fantastic Forecast. I'm Dave Elliott. And you know, a lot of people are saying that this podcast is the best ever. And I'm like the best podcast host ever. Because when I do a podcast, I do that thing that I do. And people are like, wow, that is the best. In every episode of the Fantastic Forecast, I'll be talking about a different issue of the Fantastic Four starting with issue 1 and going all the way to issue 645. Today it's Fantastic Four 533, dated January 2006. What Happens in Vegas Stays in Vegas by J. Michael Straczynski and J. Michael McCone. We begin with a prologue in Las Vegas. And writer Straczynski calls it the city that never weeps. Really? Does anybody call it that? The narration goes on to describe the city. Uh, <clears throat> really? Does anyone else call it that? The narration goes on to describe the city, the gambling, the hustlers, the strippers, the hookers, and the dancers. And then it says, none of which have anything to do with our story at this moment. Oh, come on! You can't mention hustlers, strippers, and hookers, and then say, oh, they're not going to be in this issue. But we are in the American Southwest, so of course, turn the page, and we get the Incredible Hulk, 37 miles from Vegas, in the back of an 18-wheeler, sitting on a cheap fold-up chair, talking to some nerdy guy. And we learn they're going to go find a special Hydra weapon. Hulk expresses concern that there really is a weapon of mass destruction there, and it's not just a lie? Clearly, this nerdy guy must work for the government at the time. Hulk informs the other gentleman. His chair, the Hulk's chair, is about to break. And being a nice guy, the nerdy guy gives up his chair as the Hulk's chair crumbles underneath him. I'm not sure how smart the Hulk is at this time. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being the dumbest and 10 being the smartest, I'm just not sure where he falls on that intelligence scale at this time. He can form coherent sentences, so he's at least a two or three. So six minutes later, they end up in a big cave, the entrances to a series of underground tunnels. Hulk asks why everyone hides out in caves. You'd think once in a while, they could hide out in a nice bedroom suite somewhere in Manhattan, near a good restaurant. You know, in the early 2000s, lots of America's worst enemies did hide out in caves. But ten years later, oddly enough, America's greatest enemy does hide out in a nice bedroom suite somewhere in Manhattan, near a good restaurant. So Hulk enters a cave, he picks up some dirt and blows it in the air, and this reveals a series of laser beams crisscrossing his path. Oh dear, however will I get past those? He is able to use sarcasm effectively, so let's move him up on that scale a little higher, maybe a five or six. So he tears past the laser beams and descends deeper into the caves, and finally, he finds the Hydra weapon, and it's a huge gamma bomb. Hulk radios to the, man, to the men outside what he's found, and they better leave the area. And we see that nerdy guy from earlier, and he's peed in his pants. Unless he spilled a cup of apple juice by his feet, but I'm guessing that yellow puddle is not apple juice. The nerdy guy and a bunch of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents start to run for their lives. Hulk tries to deactivate the bomb, but... The trucks are speeding down the road, 
And the nerdy guy looks back and he sees a huge green gamma bomb cloud shoot up into the sky. So five hours later, at the Baxter building, Ben Grimm, the thing, is doing some exercises in their version of the danger room. All these boulders are flying at Ben, and he's smashing them apart. And during this, he's rambling on about the Watcher over his headset, and how the Watcher sees and knows everything, but for some reason, he never gives stock tips. I don't think the Watcher can see the future, can he? So Ben heads off to take a shower, and he's singing to himself the lyrics to Hello, Old Friend by Eric Clapton. After the shower, he wanders into the living room where he finds the rest of the team looking rather somber. He asks what's wrong, and they tell him that the bad they tell him the bad news that the child welfare department has determined that Franklin and Valeria are being raised in an unsafe environment, and they're going to take the children away until a formal hearing can take place. I guess Ben can sing a different tune now. Hit the road, Jack, by Ray Charles. Ben, ben says, what? They gotta be nuts. Actually, it kind of makes a lot of sense to me. Reed says they have another problem. The Hulk. He was near a gamma bomb that exploded, and an enraged Hulk was seen five miles outside Las Vegas. I guess either that gamma radiation made him a savage again, or he just lost a lot of money at Blackjack and he's pissed off. Reed says he's sending Johnny and Ben to Nevada to deal with the Hulk, while he and Sue stay home and deal with the government. I guess I'll leave it to your own political beliefs as to determine which one of those two is the biggest threat. Sue notices something odd about Johnny, and she says, Are you so upset with me that you can't look at me? Uh, Johnny says no. He points out that Ben's towel just fell down, and he tells his sister to not look back. I don't know why. According to that movie Fant Forstick, Ben doesn't have anything down there to see. So Ben and Johnny take off in the fantastic car, and Sue turns to to read and says that of all the enemies who have tried to hurt them the one with the potential to hurt them the most is the one that just can't go out and clobber you know dr doom once sent franklin to hell i can't imagine that child protective services will send their kids someplace worse like maybe new jersey so out west johnny and ben meet with the crew that is cleaning up the radioactive mess left by the gamma bomb explosion one guy on the cr- on the cleanup crew starts to tell them people rightfully freak at radiation but toxic stuff that can get into their groundwater, it's like no big deal. I tell you, if folks knew how many times we... And he stops himself. Ben asks, How many times what? And the crew member says, Nothing. I didn't say a thing. And you'll never prove it in court. He proceeds to take Johnny and Ben to the building that was destroyed by the now rampaging Hulk. He tells them that they need to find and neutralize the Hulk. Johnny asks, so, uh, why us? Um, because you're superheroes, and he's not? The cleanup guy goes on to say, Banner always said that the only guy he thought who could beat him in a fair fight was Ben Grimm. And Johnny asks why he's there, and the guy says, for transportation, to carry Ben's heavy ass around. Johnny asks for some gloves. Asbestos gloves. Asbestos gloves? Do they still make a asbestos anything? In the year 2006? Sounds like something Johnny would ask for in 1966, not 2006. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Walmart has a whole selection of uh, asbestos gloves. And, uh, hold on. Why would Johnny need those anyway? We've seen him carry other members of the team a zillion times. 
and he just flames on all of his body, except for his hands, so he can carry people without burning them. Oh, Straczynski. So a little later, Johnny's flying around, carrying Ben, wearing his gloves, and looking, and they're looking for the Hulk. Well, Johnny's looking for the Hulk. Ben is more concerned with looking for a Stuckies. Stuckies? Is Stuckies still around? The only Stuckies I've ever seen are run-down old Stuckies on US-1 that were driven out of business when I-95 opened up in the 1960s. Ben gets excited. There it is! There's a Stuckies right over there! Turn left! 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 Back in New York, Reed and Sue are meeting with that lady from Child Welfare Department, and she's trying to tell Sue and Reed that this is the best thing in the best interest of their children for their safety. And surprisingly, Reed agrees with her. Life at the Baxter Building is unsafe. And he says that maybe the kids will be better off somewhere else. I don't know why he and Sue just don't agree to send the kids to a boarding school or Agatha's house or the moon. Reed says he has just one request. Back in the desert, it seems they missed the Stuckies, but they do find a big chunk of rock flying through the air, tossed in their direction. This is a pretty good sign that the Hulk is close by. Johnny drops Ben off, and two big hands clap, creating a powerful shockwave on the ground. Ben says, It'll take more than a little earthquake to take out Aunt Petunia's favorite nephew. He looks up and he sees the Hulk, who is huge and powerful and angry and, uh, and gray. Oh, I love the gray Hulk. I think he's going to clobber Ben, but we'll have to find out next time because this issue is over. If you have any questions about the Fantastic Four, about this podcast, or if you need relationship advice, you can email me at podcastff at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter, Dave Elliott at podcastff, or you can download other episodes at iTunes or find them all at www.podcastff.podbean.com. So long, kids. This podcast is over. Take up your arms, sons and daughters, we 